0: This is part one of a two-part podcast with Joe Soul of Soul Associates. Welcome to the Humanise the Numbers podcast series. Leaders, managers and owners of ambitious accounting firms sharing insights, successes and issues that will challenge you and connect you and your firm to the ways and means of transforming your firm's results. One of the
1: things we've been talking about is preparing a, using something called Loom, to go through the agenda, do a, do a video piece effectively of um, your, your screen, what would be a screen share, going through the numbers and talking through what you would be talking through with a client. So uh, they're going to be do, doing that now for our November meetings, sending that video to me, so that I can review it, give them some feedback if it needs changing, change it if it's good to go, um, then send that to the client in advance of the meeting so they have a heads up as to what they're going to be talking about. And they haven't been able, they haven't had to deliver that live, you know, in front of the client. They can do it in the comfort of, you know, their their own space. Sometimes in a firm
0: of accountants, it can feel really challenging making the leap from compliance to compliance plus advisory. In this podcast discussion with Joe, you'll hear some detailed elements of how he and his team have made that transition, that transformation even, and how it's impacted on the conversations with clients. And how that transformation has resulted in additional fees and even a new higher grade of client coming into the firm. Let's go to that podcast discussion with Joe Soul
1: now. Paul, it's great to see you um, again uh, after a, quite a long time. Um, we so let me tell you a bit about what's been going on and and um, and and where we are and how we got here. Um, so I. Started in practice uh, at 18, going way back, and worked my way through a local firm, uh, local to me in, in Woking in Surrey, uh, for about five or six years, moved to another small firm for five or six years before I got an opportunity um, to set up my own practice with a couple of partners, which I'd, I was always um, had that at the back of my mind and intending to do. So hmm. we did. Um, we set up a, a three-partner practice, which we ran for about ten years. And for the early part of that uh, that that journey of that that practice, um, it was it w- I would say it was it felt like it was successful. We were growing. We were taking on clients regularly. Uh, but as that c- was coming to an end. Um, a lot of the reasons why I was getting frustrations was that I realized that we actually weren't running a successful practice. Um, we had a lot of clients, but a lot of them were the wrong kind of clients. And I had frustrations that we weren't really much different to any other firm in terms of what we were offering. There was a lot of compliance work. Yeah intermingled with some really good stuff like, you know, some some really uh, helpful tax planning and advice that really helped clients. And that was the bit that I really enjoyed and got uh, the most reward from personally. Mm. So I wanted to do things a bit more differently. Um, I ended up uh, leaving that firm to set up Soul associates, um, and uh, I took I, you know, I took about a third of the clients with me to set that up. And in two years, grew that firm to the same size as the three partner practice that we uh, had built over ten years. Right. Um, okay. So we were doing something right. Um, you know, we were making some changes and and running the, the practice very differently to what we were before. Um, and that, that, that went very well. And then we've kind of plateaued out in terms of, um, the number of clients. We, 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 we went through this great growth and and then kind of plateaued out. Um,
0: how many clients have you got there?
1: So we have, um, about 250 business clients of varying sizes and then we have uh, a lot of those as personal clients plus some, pers- uh, some individual-only t- uh, tax returns. And,
0: yeah, 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 sure. Those
1: kind of and, and, and how many is in, so, in your team? So, okay, so I have, um, uh, excluding myself, there is there are eight in my team. Um, five of them are UK-based and three are overseas. Okay. So of the ones that are overseas, one is in South Africa um, who and he lived here but then moved back to his home country when he got married and started having kids, okay. um, but continued to work for us uh, remotely and, and actually has really always been uh, on the face of it the, the most productive and, and um, effective member of the team, bizarrely. Right. So I've, I have no idea what he does all day, um, but when we look at his numbers every week, he's always smashing it and doing and really well, which, is, which did have uh, a bit, bit of an impact in, in how I then decided to change how we do things in the office. Sure. Um, sure. The other two are, are in the Philippines, um, very nice young man and, and lady. Uh, yeah. very much, they're very much part of the team, even, even though you know, they are in the Philippines. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we have four full-time and, and one part-time. Hmm. Uh, team members in in the uk brilliant um, brilliant and and, and personally yeah. joe what what's what's going on in your life what's your you know the what's the, the so personal human story <laughs> yeah i mean uh personally over the last four or five years well i say over the last five years it's been a very uh eventful and lost going on period of my life um starting with um starting with a, a, a difficult um, uh, ex-employee who has caused me no end of issues um, for the past five years and wow. it's, it's still going on. So that, wow. that kind of started and, it, and it was, it's been a backdrop, unfortunately, for, for the last five years, although sure. um, it's, you know, it, it, I've learned to deal with it a bit more.
0: Sure, um, sure
1: in a better way. Um yep. and then personally I, I, I went th- shortly after that I went through a, a divorce um and very shortly after that I met uh Anna who um uh we, we well fast forward to this year we got married in, in oh, well, May.
0: Congratulations. I didn't know that. Well thank
1: then. you. Thank you. Um yeah. Um I didn't want to get married, by the way, but did you? Um, and, <laughs> Don't tell her. Don't tell her. <laughs> no, she knows. She knows, but she's very much a traditionalist, and right. I've I've no objections really to it. I was quite yeah. happy to well, uh, right, right. well done, well done to, to do that. Obviously, um, and and yeah, and the kids have, have have gone through a lot over the last five years, going through sure. university, two of them, and and one of them uh, semi-professional. Um, athlete um who's who's also gone through challenges as as you do in that sort of environment as
0: we all do, um, we all do. yeah 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 so um, that, that's
1: that, yeah. that that joe that's
0: all um a brilliant backdrop really to the the, the first question which I, I i tend to kick off these discussions around which is what what does humanize the numbers from you know <laughs> Uh, running an accountancy firm, and, and obviously, you know, as a family man, but running an accountancy firm—what does humanise the numbers? Yes. That phrase actually mean to you? What, what, what do you? What, what do you? How, how would you unpack that phrase?
1: Well, um, I used to think it was just about helping clients. Um, Um, make better sense of their business. So giving them better information to help them run their businesses better. But more recently, I've realized it's a much bigger question than that. It's a much bigger issue, which is um, all around, uh, especially getting a bit older, um, thinking about what exit looks like. Um, Not necessarily planning for an exit, or intending to exit, but uh, starting to think about it because some some people have got it very much in their mind, mm. other people haven't thought about it at all um, but when when you think about it, everybody will exit their business in in one shape or form, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and that could be that you're getting carried out in a box. <laughs> um, and, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, it's being passed somebody else or it's closing or something's happened but in some way you, the client is you know business owner is exiting um, and that really when you, when you talk to business owners in, in, in that context um, it re- it's really a much higher kind of level of why we're doing what we're doing um, and that then drives the decision making that goes on on a day-to-day basis. If you can really focus on what the, what the bigger picture is and um, you know where the, the bigger objectives are, um, it does guide guide you uh, both in terms of how we work with clients to help them and how they think about their businesses. And I would. Uh, I would say a big factor that, that, that's um, come into play for me on that, that's really opened my eyes to, to that, um, uh, you know, that, that, that fact that we're all going to exit at some point is that Solar Service itself went through a, a kind of an exit transaction where we got, we got involved with Xenodin, um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. we we had a, a private equity investment um, into a, a large, you know, we became part of a large group. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Not something that, yeah. and that was not something that I was looking to do. I wasn't actively looking to sell, and I'm still not interested in in um, you know stopping work. Uh, it yeah. came along at an unexpected time, and I was fortunate to be carried along with it as part of a bigger organization Mm. but it does bring bring it home that quite often these things are unexpected Uh, Mm. either either business gets approached or something happens whether it's you know ill health or uh, bereavement or lifestyle Mm. change or whatever but Mm. something happens Mm. sometimes when you don't expect it and you really need to get yourself ready for that yeah yeah yeah.
0: and and we're we're going through a, 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 a Circumstances at the moment, which is changing the the, the way you know our our, our business is um, is is owned in inverted commas, um, in yeah. my you know different to yours, but it's that that's that um, ooh, all of a sudden you uh, either plan for it or it bites you on the bum. If I can use that expression a bit or somewhere in between, yeah. but, but what I'm interested in is what is it about those conversations about um, exit, planned or reactive that. Uh, turns the numbers into a more human conversation with clients? Where's the humanise the numbers bit in that dialogue that uh, you've experienced yourself, I'm experiencing, your clients at some point are going to experience, but I think you're talking about stimulating that conversation, are you, with clients more often? Because there's a human element to it that otherwise wouldn't show up in the numbers. But that's my
1: interpretation. What is it you're talking about here? Well, since we've started... Um, having a different conversation with the client and looking yeah. at things like uh, what's their business worth and what the potential of its worth is, what the, what the key numbers are and what they tell us. Since we've started doing that, um, it's quite often the first time that these business owners are getting that kind of insight and understanding into their own business. They've never had before and it's mm. um it's it is a bit of a revelation for them that that knowing uh, what you what they don't know mm. um gives them more control of their business uh, well it, it makes them feel like they're more in control of their their business and and the destiny of their business um, yeah there's two
0: powerful things there isn't there in terms of that sen- increased sense of control and um, in control of, I like the word, destiny. That sounds like we've uh, diving into yeah. something really deep. Um, uh, is it, do, do, what pushback do you get from clients
1: when you're having a, a conversation about exit? Um, it, it, it's more circumstantial. So um, I spoke to a client, for example, last week, and when I started talking about exit, um the pushback was well i've got a young family got young kids that are going through private school i've got years of this to to fund um you know university um i i can't be thinking about exit um hmm. so uh, so it's, it's, it's situations like that um and that's that's a valid uh, that's a valid reason not to want to exit your business but i think the point is we're not trying to prepare clients for an exit as such. We're getting them exit ready uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the eventuality something happens, but also by being exit ready, prepared, yeah. they're just running a better. You're just running a better business.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So they might they might feel as though they're at the wrong stage of life for that conversation. However, the the, the yeah. quick flip to the conversation is yeah, yeah. But what you're doing is preparing for exit. You're not exiting. You're just preparing, and then as a result, you get a better business, which means. Um, what for them as a human being, as a, you know, um, a wife, well, a give husband, a you... father, a mother, a, a business leader?
1: Well, um, I'll give you another example of a new client meeting I had yesterday. And um, what the, the impact would be wasn't so much on the financial impact. It was more about um, the, the impact on his, on his working life and family life balance so this was a this is a baker, and he's working really long hours. So the exit planning, or looking at the numbers and having these conversations, turned more towards how he could better run his business and free up more of his time to have a better work-life balance. Um, so that, that's that's an example of a kind of uh, how yeah non-financial payoff.
0: Yeah, yeah, non-financial yeah. payoff, which is, you know, a little bit like, uh, you know, me starting remarkable practice 15, 16 years ago. I go, right, I want to have the school holidays off so I can spend high quality time, lots of it with my kids because I'm in control of my business in theory. Um, yeah. Uh, which plays out, which played out right for, 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 for me and the uh, the way the kids are and the relationships as so far anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows where that leads to? Um, all right. So the, the, the impact could be a financial one in the end, will be a financial one in the end. But actually, there's uh, emotional uh, quality of life payoff type com- impacts that, uh, that that come from that, which is extremely human, isn't it? It's all, yes, yeah. you're the numbers expert having a conversation about numbers, exit numbers, but results in, well, actually, what are the numbers that really matter to you? Well, actually, I want more time at home with the kids or want more time to do this or whatever, um, which are, is a different style of number and a different emotional payoff. Um, yeah. So... Joe, we've touched on the, if you will, the the human payoff of high-grade conversations with your clients at different stages in their life journey. Um, What is it about, or rather, how do you start that conversation about the exit chat? Because that was something else that we actually, you know, we've we've, we've covered off already is the, let's talk about how they're going to exit their business. How do you start that conversation?
1: So... Uh, since we've changed um, the the nature of the conversations that we have with clients, we we now start pretty much every um, scheduled meeting, whether it's a pre or post end meeting, with uh, a, a rudimentary or, a, or kind of an a, an overview valuation of the business. So it's not intended to be. Um, it's not intended to be, this is the value, you know, this is what your business is worth. Mm. It gives them an indication based on their numbers. So it right. will be uh, based on up to six or seven different valuation methods. Uh, we'll kind of switch off the ones that are not not applicable to that, to that type of business, apply an EBITDA multiple and so on and so on that's appropriate to that business. Yeah. So we start with um, that that conversation, which in itself is something new that most of them have not really haven't looked at. They've they've probably wondered what their business is worth. Yeah, uh, and you can I mean you can clients can you can put into kind of probably three camps. Those those that are pretty switched on and and they know they they. More or less know what their business is worth, and that's something that's front and center in their mind. Those that have no idea and haven't really thought about it, and they're kind of the ones in the middle that would like to know, but haven't, don't know where to, where who to ask, or where to go for that information, and haven't really done anything about it. So, so for the most part, there's not many of those clients that that is front and center of their thinking. Mm. So most clients, it'll be the first time that. That That we or anybody else are having that conversation with them about their business using their numbers um, on their on their current performance so that that gets the conversation going as to well and that number is usually usually less than what they expect um, sometimes it 's more it 's never really what they they well Benefits where they what they expect, but quite often it's lower than what they expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that leads on to another conversation as to why it's lower than what I expect, which leads on to well, what can we do to help improve that valuation number? What what do you need to do, with, which is you know an area that we can uh, help them with, and another reason why they should be working with somebody like us um, to help them on that on that journey whatever journey they're on brilliant with their
0: business so presumably joe then whether they're switched on of no idea or somewhere in the middle this ends up being a a valuable conversation anyway it actually it pays off for each and every one of those three categories
1: yeah it because it's a it's a different conversation Mm. to what we used to have and and for the vast majority of firms are having, which is looking at historical information, mm. just in terms of, you know, giving some commentary on it, but it doesn't really give you any uh, useful information sure. around the business and what's going on now mm-hmm. with their so, business. Uh,
0: yeah. how so, does, how does that conversation play out? If last year we had a valuation conversation and this year we're having another valuation conversation, how, do, how does that um, nuance play out? Because if every year... Minimum once a year, you, you're you actually kick-starting those client meetings with that piece of information based on, yeah. you know, three, six, seven different valuation models so that you've got, you know, multiple reference points and point to something which is probably maybe close to where it probably is, albeit less than they would want. I hear that because um, we're all over ambitious in terms of what we think our businesses are worth. Um, how does the conversation, so we had it last year or we had it six months ago and now we're doing it again and either they valuation has gone up say the
1: same or gone down how do those conversations play out um, well well you're always going to have some clients who will won't be too interested in what the valuation is and they oh, right. because they don't see their business as um, something that they, they want to exit from anytime soon they, they you know, needs to sustain their their lifestyle their family, and so on. So they're not really thinking about exit, but, um, it, you're not, you're not going to necessarily get, uh, engagement from a client the first time you talk about this with them, it does right. take time for, for the concept and the, the implications of what we're talking about to sink in mm. and. As time goes on, as the as the years go by, the months and the years go by, and the client gets older, it, be, it you know it will become either because they're getting closer to that potential exit, or something's come up, they've been approached, or they've seen somebody else sell their business, or, or something's yeah. happened where it's brought it closer to home and made it more relevant to them. But mm. if you're not having the conversation with them in the first place, it's not. Something that's going to be on their radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and that's and actually, the seeds. Yeah, yeah, no, so the seeds is brilliant. And, and actually, and I've heard this, as you know, you've worked with accounts for you know, over 20 years now, uh, heard instances where uh, clients have exited an accountancy firm because they're selling their business. They want to work with a firm who is capable of selling, yeah. helping them with that process, not realizing that their existing accountant could, should help them with that process. But because that accountant's has not had any sort of conversation with them about exit, they, they've essentially missed out on that opportunity. So you're actually preserving and ensuring you win fees as a consequence that otherwise you might not necessarily will, but might have lost. Mm. I guess that plays out no. positively as well. Yeah, definitely. All right. So so where, where, where are the you've signposted it to a degree, Joe, but I'm curious as to where the difficulties are in having this conversation. So, you know, we're talking exit and like you say, actually, the first time you have the exit conversation, the valuation conversation, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a a, a jarring one because they've never had that before, maybe. Um, And it might challenge their expectations because their expectations were high and actually the valuation is low. Um, Where are the difficulties in managing that conversation from your perspective and your team's perspective if they're having those conversations?
1: Um, Well, I mean, the the only difficulties we've had have been where the client themselves, um, they don't see them. They they just don't see the value in the conversation. Right. Um, Some clients, you know, I don't know whether they're just cynical as to, I'm thinking of one client in particular who who just thought I was trying to sell him something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and was being quite cynical about what we were doing. Uh, so with with I mean with any with any client, depending on the engagement, is going to determine how quickly that conversation moves on
0: mm. um,
1: to to you know to more regular kind of uh, conversations around it, and, and then onto a more formalised engagement of working with them to help mm. them grow their business. Mm. Um, so the, the difficulties, I think, the difficulties come from the, the client sometimes themselves. They don't see the value of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wonder, is, is this uh, any sort of
0: indicator for you, Joe, as to whether they're an ideal client or not? Or, you know, indicates the grade of client that you you, you look at them and go, this isn't, you know, you, you, it's not an A grade client because yeah. they're just not interested in the cap value growth as well as the earnings capacity of their business. What, what's your perspective? What's your view on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, ideal client is something that, that um, I mean, we've spoken about many times in the part years ago. So sure. we, we did put together an ideal client profile and then we, Uh, just looking internally we kind of lost sight of that a bit over a period of time but we're now much more focused on so in terms of an ideal client yes um, that is one aspect of the the, uh, ideal client we're looking for yeah Um, that uh, that is a necessary quality we need from the client Mm. to be able to work with them in the way that we want to work with them yeah 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 Um, it, it It is, it, it's, I've had a number of conversations
0: this week with um, three different firms around uh, how do you grow your fees per full-time employee? Uh, and I'd I, I a message from a client we've worked with for over a decade now, just going, well, Paul, what's the, um, what's the typical uh, fees per FTE uh, across the profession? And it's like, oh, what, what a big question that is, but let's, get, you know, in the round you go, actually, 70-80,000 pounds per full-time employee equivalent is probably somewhere near the norm. Um uh, and then his second question was what's good and it's like well if you're hitting 100k per fte that's you're in good territory. Um and and what's the yeah. best and if you're in that 125 to 150k per full-time employee you're in the like top five percent maybe top ten percent i haven't got in I, we only work with 50 47 clients so you know it's not a statistically um robust reference point but um it shows what the possibilities are and then those conversations naturally then drift into so how do you drive fees per fte up? and it's like well client selection to you know work with ideal clients yeah hence the question to you uh, client deselection um, get rid of the cynical ones because they're holding you back, like, you know, the, the, the particular client you're talking about. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that, Joe, because I'm not close enough to No, the, no, that's the details, something that, but... we're,
1: that we're, we're looking forward to doing, actually. We're getting <laughs> less, than, <laughs> less than ideal clients. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got, you know, we're, we're, we're all working in a, in a world of uh, finite resource in terms of number of team members. Uh, the ability to recruit is tough and you go well so actually zeroing in on profitability rather than fees fees per fte therefore plays a role as a, as a decent kpi key predictive indicator or even key performance indicator depending on how you want to look at it uh, and therefore client selection drives fees per fte or client deselection as long as you do it in the right way drives fees per fte up your pricing yeah. processes and strategies do your operational effectiveness and the level of engagement of your team all contribute to um, to those fees per FTE, which um, uh, is, is absolutely key. So I'm now interested, as a, as a result of that uh, uh, piece, as to ha- how's this impacting on your team, Joe? The fact that you, you you're generating um, valuation insights on all of your clients to share with them. What 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 impact is that having on your people?
1: Um, well, uh, to me to begin with, it was uh, um, it's something that is outside of their comfort zone. So, outside of your team's comfort zone as well, right? Very much, very much so. And for um, I mean, there's only three team members within our firm uh, that that are, that are coming along on the journey uh, to. Deliver the the you know this kind of service, um, and of those, really, uh, two of them. Uh, well, one of them is is older than, than me, believe it or not. So, right, uh, and he has a kind of a more of a compliance mindset. Yeah. So, so it's so f- for them, it's been quite difficult to join up the dots to yeah. go from what. They've been used to be doing all their the whole career to so doing mm. something different, but certainly mm. for, for the younger ones, um, they do recognise that it is a big opportunity for them to learn new skills, valuable right. skills. Yeah, um, and they they can from from when we started, uh, there was a bit of. Uh, just being unsure whether this would, whether this would actually translate into any change within our firm mm. uh, um, internally, as well as how we deliver our, our kind of services to our clients. Yeah. As as we have developed and pushed forward, they're now beginning to see the, the benefits of what we're doing. So financially, um, you know, our, our numbers are up. Uh, because we are driving up our fees, our average fees per client, because mm-hmm. we're, we're adding more value to the, the service. We're giving clients options to kind of upgrade their service um, and um, have more more of the, the, the advisory uh, type services. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So they are beginning to see that, but it's very much um, a confidence issue. It's not something they've done before, and mm. they need to they you know they need a bit of hand handholding um, to do it and and I have to say it's it's something that's not just the team you know uh, it, it, you know, I, I wasn't confident in, in having these different conversations and not knowing what to expect as a reaction mm. from clients uh, it, you know it, it, when you do something outside your comfort zone to begin with. You are going to lack confidence, but as you, the more you do of it, the more confident you become, and the easier it becomes. So, we're in that process, right? Brilliant. And and
0: what you point to, Joe, there is whether it's yourself or a team member. You know, it's that natural and obvious statement: the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with it. It's, you know, it's like, and I know you are a cyclist. The more you ride a bike the more confident you are on the bike and then I, I know you like the roads so as opposed to me i like being on the trails yeah and 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 i i know that i'm now on more technical trails quicker now than i was two years ago when i i, I bought a half decent bike to do them in because that makes a difference as well um and it's it's the repetition that uh, that, yeah. that plays out and i, I remember um studying under a, um, a management expert in a former life and saying, look, when, when you're developing skills, um, everyone wants to get it right first time, but no one ever does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the job is uh, volume up first, the number of iterations, the number of times you do it, get that up. Because if you do that, you know, once a day or once a week, as opposed to once a quarter. So let's say it's once a week. So you've done it 13 times by the end of the 13 week window, as opposed to just once. Um yeah by definition, the quality of what you're doing has gone up. You don't you don't need to focus on the quality, you just need to focus on the volume. Um, and later, you can then look to fine-tune the, the top end of the quality spectrum. Um, and it's great that you go, look, I wasn't confident in the first place either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, brilliant. So are your team delivering these conversations then with clients around exit value,
1: Joe? They are, yeah. So they, they are. Um, I mean, we they have been with me in the meetings. The next stage is that they will have the meetings on their own with the client and prepared for the meeting, right? Um, so we're we're just we're just looking at uh, you know a couple of ways where we can make that more comfortable for them. Yeah. Um, so when one of the things we've been talking about is preparing a um, uh, using something called loom to go through video the picture. agenda. Yeah. Do, do a video piece effectively of um, your, your screen, what would be a screen share going through the numbers and talking through what you would be talking through with a client. So uh, they're going to be do, doing that now for our November meetings. Sending that video to me right. so that I can review it, give them some feedback if it needs changing, change it if it's good to go, um, then send that to the client in advance of the meeting so they have a heads up as to what they're yeah, been talking about. And they haven't been able, they haven't had to deliver that live, you know, in front of the client. They can do it in the comfort of, you know, their, their own space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before going out, before doing that um, in person, so that, that we're looking at doing that. We just discussed that last week. Um, so I'm waiting my first videos. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, so it's like a gentle, safe into yeah.
0: those uh, those deeper conversations. Um, and and I emphasise the safe just because I'm I'm, I'm revisiting how do you um, um, build a, a, a culture of growth change advancement for your team those and, and it applies obviously specifically for those, those those team members who are ambitious and want a career path and progress yeah um and one of the things that um the great teams do is make it safe for people to take the next step um yeah. so that they don't run and, and live in fear which then holds them back uh, so i love yeah. that the use of loom to do that This is part one of a two-part podcast with Joe Soul of Soul Associates. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders of ambitious accounting firms at humanizethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanize the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors. My work papers, Advanced Track, Citago. And VFD Pro. Visit humanize dot online, click the logo of each sponsor, and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsors' services. You're about to hear a short section of a podcast discussion with Andy Denny and Liz Jackson of BCMS. If you like what you hear, please listen to the full podcast at humanisethenumbers.online or use your favourite podcast platform.
1: For me, if an accountant, if you hear an accountant say, tell you, tell me about your future and what you want the outcome to be and listen to the owner of the business describe that, hmm. I, I think, you know, that's, you know, strategic advice and tactical advice is what's it all for? you know, what are you working towards? And I think if you're sitting in front of an owner who doesn't know what the vision of the future is, then I I think that's, for me, that's a starting point. You know, what's the goal? You know, what's the reality? What are our options? And what will we do? You know, we work on that grow concept the whole time. Um, And for me, a great starting point is what does the future look like? What we build in here together?